This is Sean Maluda, the king of the Slovakic, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They got the answers. I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 129. I'm Credo. And I'm the social assassin, Angry Cooter. Wow. Another another week, another podcast, another wrestling podcast. Uh, I'm happy, man. I'm ready for it. I'm still here. I haven't been fired yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, man. We'll, We'll have to count down the date. No, no. There's no firing happening here. You're here, man. That's it. Listening to yourself after you do an episode, and I don't know about you, sometimes when I hear myself, I get complete douche chills. <laughs> like, douche chills. And I just did because that's one of the things that I hate, that I, how I talk. I'm always like, I like, like I mean, like. um. Uh, uh, it's those transitional words, man. I, I, I know it's. To where if you have if we mean you talk off of the mics off the air we, we don't talk have, like that we don't have, yeah so when when you're talking that you know that it's being recorded being taped and you're really trying to keep it going you use your little you know I, I, you know transitional words um to, it gives you a few seconds to think of something else or or like or um so yeah I, I listened to the show the other day and I'm listening to myself I'm like Steve you f- what what stop saying um and I'm sorry for the listeners out there but you have to realize try recording yourself. And pretend like you're live. Pretend that you're, this is happening right now across the oh, world. What, what was the one thing that and I you heard see you see that you start using these words, and especially when you're talking to somebody, because it's it's like, wow, how do I come up with the next word? And it's it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where it just gets you to that next I conversation. I was trying to think um, of the uh, uh, the word you would use whenever Mr. Hughes would uh, answer one of your questions. You would say something like, "Exactly," or "Oh, yeah." What the hell was it? But I was like, "Damn!" I'm like, I- I'm getting douche chills. For Credo, and I'm sure he's getting douche chills for me because he's like, yeah, "There we go, just did it now." <laughs> That's it, son of a bitch. So yeah, we have to definitely have to. I wonder if we can go to old shows and maybe come up with a drinking game, like how on episode three, <laughs> every time every somebody time, Cooter says like, <laughs> yeah, um or whatever, do a shot and tell us how wasted you were by the end of the show. But yeah, <laughs> what, what everybody doesn't understand out there, you know, wrestling aside, is that as we talk, and I'm, I'm trying to control myself a little bit better now that I'm conscious of it. But when you're not conscious of it, you. It's it's just your go-to word. As Sometimes like. it makes it worse though when you're really focusing on it. Yeah. Especially now for me, is like because I have my wisdom teeth pulled out, and the problem is, I get pains after saying certain words. So I get this slight pause now. Yeah. And then um 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 and like 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 like. <laughs> uh, I can't complete my thought because my mouth fucking hurts. I, I have a little game we're going to do for this next episode, Cooter. If uh, if I hear you say like, I'm going to slap you on the arm. If you hear me say um, you could slap me on my arm. Uh, we're sitting that close. We're going to hear a whole bunch of ouches. Eh? <laughs> I would say slap us in the face, but I don't want to ruin our headphones and I don't want to hit our mics because <laughs> no. I'm cheap. I'm not buying another to, mic. I don't want you to I'm spill buying... my fucking beer. <laughs> I know. I'm 34. I don't need to play this. <laughs> I'm not breaking stuff. Uh, if it wasn't my equipment, maybe, but... 
Regardless, we'll, we'll slap each other in the arm if we hear it. We've got to be conscious of it, though. So. Ball, ball tap? No ball taps. No we'll ball down. taps. All right, all right. We'll, maybe we'll do that live if we're standing up somewhere. <laughs> we'll do it for, like, charity. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can catch each other. But hopefully oh, no, the likes and ums are gone from today. You just gave me an idea. It's October, right? <laughs> ball taps for breast cancer. <laughs> God damn. It's for charity. God damn it. <laughs> You know, so that'd be great. So either way, on today's show, I am not going to say um. I'll try not to. And uh, Cooter, you can't say like. Or um, or I mean. Or is okay because it depends on how you use it. But it's the, it's basically No, it's not the, or, um, but I was saying like or. Um, yeah, yeah. It's your, um, <laughs> or I mean. You know what I'm saying? That's another one I do a lot. Uh, I know. Like, no, I don't know what you're saying. Tell me. me. Punch me in the dick if you don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Here we go. No likes, no ums. Uh, today is a great show, though. Today, uh, we want to welcome by Sean Maluta from the Cruiserweight Classic. He's going to be joining us straight out of the, the Samoan dynasty, uh, another uh, family member of the Anawai family. So uh, he'll be joining us in the studio live, Sean Maluta. Uh, stay tuned for that one, but Cooter. Before we get to everything else, it was a big week yet again, so let's get right into the week that was. What a week it was, that's for sure. Oh my god, so James fucking Ellsworth, this dude, man, <laughs> who would have never gotten the day of light a few years ago, who has probably been on WWE programming for at least three or four weeks, uh, what this uh, is this guy just in a, the right place at the right time? He's just lucky. I mean, come on, because there's no other way that he would be on WWE TV right now. What, what do you think it's, about it's this a, guy? It's a going trend lately. We have all these jobbers. We have Heath Slater getting cheered. I think people are just starting to really want to root for the underdog. I never thought I'd see the day where James fucking Ellsworth would be more over than Roman Reigns. You notice that? <laughs> it's one of those things, man. They they uh, they see you. They understand you're not really supposed to be there, but they're going to love you anyway. And, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just hoping after Tuesday, you know, well, well I guess he's going to be back next Tuesday. But after that, his 15 minutes will run up. I mean, I loved what they did, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm over it. I'm like, come on, guys. Let's just stop. You know, there's other people that you paying. Wait, 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 they're paying to sit in the back right wait, now. You, you don't see a little possible reincarnation of Mikey Whipwreck over here? I mean, he's perfect for that kind of oh, thing, man. no? I may, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just I can't. I'm such a dick right now. I, know, I, I can't. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, he, I'll tell you what, though. This guy Credo, he's just he's the WWE champion, bro. Oh, Please, I will <laughs> not watch it. Could you imagine? Like, could you imagine if something got like messed up during live TV where they actually pinned and he actually really did win it? Like, they have to do something to fix it to where, you know what I mean? Like, they really screwed up with the count or something. And it was obviously three. Man, I'm just I'm just thinking of, like these horrible mistakes that could happen next week. <laughs> and uh, I, got, I actually got afraid for him in that match against AJ Styles this week. Just because... that's the thing, man. I know they he, he always that, tells people what, what, when he went for the Styles clash. You know, uh, you know, there's a certain way to take that move, and he he bent his head, and I'm like, oh no, he he. If you look at it, he almost yeah. pile drove him himself. Yeah, I mean, he just could have really, really damaged himself. He recovered right at the last split second and moved his head back up. Otherwise, I when think AJ, AJ, yeah, down, AJ even stopped yeah. it. Yeah, AJ stopped it a little bit too, to like, because I think when he was looking down, he saw his his head was facing down, where he kind of like, if he didn't stop it a little bit. 
full force, he would have been in a lot more serious pain. And oh. I mean, like, that's the thing too. That's like, uh, he messed up big time, man. And that's the thing is like, you don't have these guys that are working in WWE every day to where granted, you know, James Ellsworth is probably in all of his glory and he's caught up in the moment. And then, you know, just one little thing he forgot about, you know what I mean? Like this guy's put on the national spotlight, uh, and you know, something like that could happen to where he's not even thinking about it. And that's, that's the risk of bringing these guys from the outside into where, you know, maybe they're professional and, you know, can wrestle. But at the same time, I think you're caught in that spotlight of like, wow, this is really happening. I'm freaking facing AJ Styles on live TV right now on WWE. And, you know, I don't know. Just you're not thinking straight, I guess. I don't know. I like him. I just hope it doesn't cost him any future work with them because he is fun to watch. I mean, watching a guy like him get his ass kicked, it just brings <laughs> me back to the days of like uh, the Brooklyn Brawler or even Barry Horowitz. Like these were the jobbers that we actually – Got to see on a regular basis, so you know it is what it is. And uh, speaking of that, I think if you get rid of the social outcasts and just bring back like the job squad, you definitely have a leader <laughs> right there for James Ellsworth. So, oh gosh. Uh, but regardless, <laughs> man. Regardless, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get him on the show one day and just talk to him. And I don't know, James, man. I mean, hey, soak up that fifteen minutes, baby, because it's gonna go fast pretty soon. So. I don't know. Any, any, I'll have to probably bite my words because probably this time next year we'll be talking about the new United States champion, James. James <laughs> fucking Elworth. Oh my god. Oh, let's hope not. Yeah. Oof. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Paige. Oh. Now on her second wellness suspension, sixty days. She didn't even WWE make it. Says it wasn't back. a prescription. Uh, she did. Yeah. So she didn't even make it back to TV. She's still out for. Uh, she definitely has, she hurt herself. Uh, I don't know. I forget specifically what it was something with her neck. So she was out for that too. But uh, yeah, and this time, as soon as she got the second, <laughs> you're, you're, the first, uh, strike is 30 days. Second is 60 days. And the third is you're fired. So, uh, this is her second one. And right away she went to Twitter. Her family went to Twitter. Her family, you know, said all this and that, that, you know, it's, it's BS what WWE's doing. Even Del Rio said it. Uh, and that it's not what it really is. And as soon as they were saying all these allegations and whatnot, I'm not going to read everyone if you want to just look it up. But, you know, as soon as they said that, WWE said on SmackDown that she was uh, suspended and it wasn't a prescription. So it's something to that effect to where, oh, okay, they're playing dirty now to, with each other. Because one is, you know, she, he said, she said, uh, you know, she said it's just BS. They're saying, well, it wasn't like for, you know, a prescription for painkillers. It was probably some drug, which they're going to save her less embarrassment from saying so, because they still want to use her and they're probably going to run out of her contract regardless. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know, man, she's, she's, she has one leg out the door right now. I think, I don't know what they're going to do with her when she comes back. Part of me is curious if she's actually doing this on purpose. I, I don't think she wants to be there. I think she wants to either go back home or maybe go on the road and do some indies because these guys make pretty decent money when they go out on their own and hit these indie scenes. I mean, especially when they come off of, uh, excuse me, especially when they come off of uh, just getting released from WWE. So, I mean, is she doing this on purpose? She couldn't get her release maybe. And maybe she's just like, well, you know what? Let me just keep getting suspended until they fire me. It could be. I doubt it. But, mm-hmm. hey, anything's possible. When you want to get out of a really bad situation that you don't want to be in, sometimes desperate times call for destined measures. And yeah. you know what? Del Rio, 
Get the coca, baby. Yeah, and yeah, I, you know, I, mean, I think she's just she's young and dumb right now, and she really has no idea what she's doing to her career. Granted, like you said, she'll probably make a fortune outside of WWE, but at the same time, she could still be making a fortune in the WWE because she's still so young and she could last there for years to come. Uh, so I don't know. Hopefully. She gets past this, but we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, she's got half her, she's got her one foot out the door already with the second suspension now. So uh, maybe we'll see her coming to an indie near us by uh, the next few months. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, a little return happened to uh, this weekend. Luke Harper has returned. Uh, he's been out for a few months uh, out of action. Um, now Bray Wyatt has his uh, buddy Luke Harper back in the Wyatt family. Uh, now, meanwhile, his other Wyatt family member Eric Rowan is actually out uh, I was on an say, injury. Where the hell is the upside down Seamus? <laughs> and you, you know what? They also he just tweeted a photo, uh, a video, or Instagrammed or something like that, to where he was burying the sheep mask. So some people are wondering if he's not even in the Wyatts anymore, or if they're going to give him a makeover now too and just redo his character. So oh God, they tried that once already I and know. they failed miserably. <laughs> he was back with he was back with Bray Wyatt in like <laughs> two months, if that. I know. But who doesn't love Luke Harper? This guy is the total package. He's great in the ring. He's pretty decent on the stick. He's got a great look. And the way they have him mixing up with Bray and the whole – just the whole package, it just really works very, very well. Ten times better than the upside-down Sheamus. <laughs> definitely. And I hope I hope they definitely use him a, a lot more to his potential. I don't want to see the new tag team of the Wyatts of Bray and Luke. I want to see him do some solo matches uh, and definitely stand out more uh, in SmackDown. So he has, he's been gone for a while, so we'll see what they actually do with him uh, in the weeks to come. But, yeah, it's definitely a welcomed return for Luke Harper. I'd love to see him in a program with Dolph again because when they had the first – I think when Harper won the actual IC title – they had some really great matches, and they had some really great gimmick matches. I would love to see more of that. Those two just have a really good chemistry. Definitely, and uh, we you know we said last week uh, Brock versus Goldberg might be happening. Oh God, it's happening now. It's 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 happening. Goldberg is on his way to Monday Night Raw uh, after Paul Heyman uh, challenged him for a little bit of a match between him and Brock. Uh, Cooter, man, it's happening, man. It's happening at Survivor oh, Series. God. Uh, I, I, I seriously, I, the, the glass sandwich is already on a plate with extra lettuce and some onions. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm, I'm eating this whole thing. I, I can't do this anymore. Why do we have to bring back senior citizens? I mean, it's like when TNA had the Legends title. Are we, are we going to start doing that? We could put Goldberg up against Sting in a Who Breaks Their Neck first match or some shit like that. <laughs> I, th- I can't. Yeah. Let me ask you this: What did you think of, of Heyman's promo in regards to this? Oh, uh, you know what? I I always like his stuff. I you know he definitely sells a match for me. He's definitely he's definitely great on the mic. Regardless, I mean I I, I like it. I've seen better, but I've liked it. Uh, I think the one problem looking at this though is that you know I think what what failed with these guys the first time was that they're pretty much the same thing. And when you have the same thing go against the same thing, you don't get, uh, a, you know, a different outcome, if you will. They don't complement each other that that well. You know what I mean? They're both the powerhouse guy. They're both, you yeah, know. There's no contrast to styles. And let's be honest. And that first match between them, they both had both feet outside the door. They were leaving the next night anyway. So the, they didn't care. Uh, yeah. And now you have, okay, 
all right, we'll pay Goldberg this X amount of money for one night only to maybe just lose now to 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 Brock. I don't know. And I, <laughs> I'm just really trying to think like, you know, okay, you're coming off WrestleMania 20 on this really horrible match. How do you redeem yourself? But redeem yourself, you know, how many years later? But you guys are both older. Now, don't get me wrong. Brock's still a beast. Goldberg still looks like he's in great shape, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know does. if he's in ring shape. You know what I mean? Just because you look good on the outside doesn't mean you've been training to be in the ring for how long, you know? So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe he's been training secretly for months. We didn't know about it. I kind of have a feeling this is all a publicity stunt just to sell more video games. I know. Because Brock <laughs> is on the cover, honestly. And yeah. Goldberg is that was the character that you could get if you did the pre-order. So maybe this has something to do with it. It's just a publicity stunt. I don't see this match going more than 10 minutes. I mean, yeah. someone's going to get a spear or someone's going to get an F5. And, dude, do you think that Goldberg could even pull off a jackhammer anymore, let I alone on Brock fucking Lesnar? I don't know. It's gonna, I, I'm sure he's going to try it, and I, I just, I'm afraid. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'm going to laugh because he's going to break his spine lifting that big bastard up. <laughs> and he's going to be in a bed next to Sting. So here, here's a question. Maybe we can take some bets on this. Okay. What's what's going to be worse? Brock versus Goldberg Survivor Series 2016 or Brock versus Goldberg WrestleMania 20? What could oh. be the worst match out of both of these? I don't know. No, it's, that's that's a crazy bet just because that first match was atrocious <laughs> when they were can young. It, can it you get any worse? You old Goldberg. Can it get any worse? I don't know, <laughs> but I think it may. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's going to be interesting in the weeks to come. I guess we'll have to see what uh, Goldberg does uh, this Monday. Maybe they'll just feed him some jobbers to make us be like, ooh, he can still he can still do it, you know? So <laughs> regardless, it's happening. Brock versus Goldberg 2 is happening. So uh, uh, we're not there yet. I almost feel like we have to talk about another pay-per-view because they're happening like every so often. But uh, Oh, yippee, yay. <laughs> it's not today on this show. Uh, but briefly, uh, there are, there is Hell in the Cell coming up, and they just announced uh, two matches. We're going to have Roman versus Rusev in the Hell in the Cell for the United States Championship. But for the first time ever, we're having a women's Hell in the Cell. What? I hate to correct you. It's actually three because we're going to have Rollins versus right, Kevin Owens right. in Hell in a Cell, too. Wow. Maybe Jericho added into the mix, but I doubt it. I mean, he did lose that match, but I think they're going to crowbar him in there. But back <laughs> to the women's match. This is a first, Credo. That's it, man. They're, they, they're, they're finally catching up to speed, WWE, with uh, what some of these women can do. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Do you think uh, they think this is going to be the match of the night? This the, the best Hell in a Cell match of the night? I don't know. I have a feeling Daddy is going to have to start teaching Charlotte how to blade. <laughs> We're going to see some blood. <laughs> I don't see her taking, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. I, I don't see her getting busted open the heart, but there has to be a little bit of blood. I mean, it's hell in a cell. Yeah. So Daddy's going to have to teach her how to put that razor and the tape on her wrist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's it's going to be great. I mean, I'm, I'm loving what they're doing. Ever since you know NXT, they slowly have been building up these girls as main event players uh, until you know, rightfully, since they that redid the whole divas division. Now it's they're women, uh, so they're getting you know they're treating them like equals. It's 2016. That's great to see. Uh, it, it's you know it's it's definitely one for the history books. All these pay per views that have come out of this brand split have been a plus. I think you know. The first pay-per-view for SmackDown, AJ Styles won the championship. You know what I mean? Like, all these mm -hmm. mini-pay-per-views, these B-pay-per-views have definitely had something on there. 
uh, that was a must-see. And, you know, once again, Hell in a Cell, uh, first-ever women's Hell in a Cell. So right there, you know, they're definitely doing something for all these uh, pay-per-views. It's exciting. I don't know. I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, these two have really great chemistry in the ring. Maybe not as good as, say, uh, Sasha and uh, Bailey, you know, especially when they had that Iron Women's match. But this could really steal the show. These two have done amazing work together. I can't say that enough. And you, you throw a cage in the mix, oh, this is going to be a barn burner, baby. <laughs> Definitely. And now, Kuda, I'm so excited. I'm so happy because... I, I've been hating the past few years or a long time now recently Survivor Series. Uh, I'm, I'm old school. I love the Survivor Series teams. I love when it was course. team versus team versus team, or the whole, you know, the Hulkamaniacs, the Ultimate Warriors, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, uh, and now when they realize they actually have more pay-per-views a year, they're actually starting to think, well, maybe we should actually do what it, the damn pay-per-view is called, Survivor Series, have a series of you know, these matches. And uh, what happened on SmackDown? We kind of got a challenge from SmackDown, right? Yeah, we got uh, three possible matches. Five of the top male superstars from Raw against five of the top male superstars from SmackDown. I've, I believe they also said a five-team tag team. So I guess that would be... 10 people all together on each team. I, I don't know how the hell that's going to work. Yeah, I don't know. If it's like I, if they one did team say gets five out. teams. Yeah, yeah if best from Raw, best from SmackDown. And yes, it is going to be a women's tag match, unfortunately, but it is a Survivor Series match, so this could really be interesting. We're going to get to see uh, some people mix it up who we haven't seen mix it up yet in... Uh, yeah, maybe we'll get some feuds for some some bigger pay per views like the Rumble or 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 yeah. even WrestleMania. Yeah, and I think what they're doing, and I could be wrong, uh, but I think what they're doing is making Survivor Series that pay per view to have Raw versus SmackDown. Now, don't get me wrong; I know Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam are also going to have both brands in it, but I think this one is going to be the ones where they're actually going to have. You know, the roster versus the roster. But they I, used to have a pay-per-view like that back in the day during the first brand split. I forget what it was called. Uh, yeah, but, I'm, I'm not going to go to Wikipedia or Google right now. But. Yeah, but it don't <laughs> matter. I don't care. I'm just saying they used to have one like that. I forget what it was called. But that was always fun. And you really would have thought they would have done that at Survivor Series where it should have been. Yeah, and I think if they go forward, like for the Rumble, I think it's going to be both rosters in the Rumble. So that's like your brand split right there. WrestleMania, I could see them having like one match, like a Raw versus SmackDown kind of a match or, or, or something to that to that effect. Uh, and then SummerSlam, maybe something similar, which where there's definitely, you know, one talent from other, you know, versus another talent. But... Uh, other than that, I think they'll still have a lot of SmackDown matches and a lot of Raw matches on, like, Mania, SummerSlam, and Rumble. But Survivor Series, I think, will now be that show where it's, like, you know, all Raw versus all SmackDown. So, you know, that'll be interesting, I guess. I guess they're definitely changing it up, and we're getting those teams back. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit old school meets new school. And I, I think at the end of the day, I just want to see the King of the Ring come back now, and I'll be happy. Oh, and then, God, then we're set, man. It, it'll be good. Great. That would be so great. Regardless, guys, there's a big week that was. All right, AWP fans, listen up. Yeah, we're talking to you. We are a listener-supported podcast. The show is created by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Each week, we bring to you one-of-a-kind interviews with pro wrestling's greatest superstars from yesterday and today. 
We do this at no cost to you, the fans. But before we talk to today's guest, here are a few ways where you can support us and give us our love. It's very simple. Rate us and review us. Go over to iTunes or Stitcher, Player FM, tune in, whatever it is. Just uh, tell all your friends about it. Follow us on all that social media stuff. Whatever you kids are doing these days, you can give us a like, follow us, a poke, a point, a German suplex if you're Brock Lesnar, whatever you want. Lastly, if you are an Ultimate AWP fan, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Another Wrestling Podcast and purchase an official AWP shirt. There's more than one. Thanks for supporting us and enjoy the show, bitches. Joining us right now, though, out of the Anawai family dynasty, we have none other than Sean Maluta. I know I make it look easy, but show you gotta believe me. Don't believe what you see, it's a show, yeah, we put in the work. We go hard to the sundown, we party hard to the comeback. Don't be a fool, but a cool what we do, yeah, we put in the work. Young, wild, and out of control. They say I'm angry, but understand, yo. We don't talk a lot, nah, we go toe-to-toe. I gave my heart, uh, but now they want my soul. And I'm so, so over it, boy. Ask around, born hustler. Hard work is my lifestyle. Been grinding since the day mama pushed them out. And I'ma grind to the day they put me in the ground. What kind of man stands with his head out? Get your hustle up, work your little plan out. We the best, we don't blend in, we stand out. Chris Paul, throw you alive and help my man out. They see the life, they see us winning. And I guess they think it's all free. They see the cars, they see the cheese. They wasn't there to see me roll up my sleeves, I put in work. I know I make it look easy. But yo, you gotta believe me. All right, joining us today is a superstar with impressive in-ring skills and the bloodline to go with it. Straight out of the Samoan dynasty and onto our TVs during the Cruiserweight Classic, Sean Maluta is here. Sean, man, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Definitely. Now, uh, as much as I love the Cruiserweight Classic, I was finding myself wanting to get a second look at a few of the guys who were in the first round. And, uh, you, Sean, you were definitely one of them. But uh, before we get into some of the CWC talk, I want to you know, take a little step back. Uh, you've spent the majority of your career down in uh, WXW, World Extreme Wrestling, uh, based out of Pennsylvania. You, you've held multiple championships for them as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your time with them and uh, for the people who may not know? Yeah, uh, WXW has always been my home. Uh, it still is today. Um, it's still the place where you can always catch me in action. Um, you know, as far as WXW goes, uh, you know, obviously it's run by my uncle Alpha, uh, who I've been around my entire life. So, uh, in turn, I've been around WXW my whole life. Um, you know, running around as a kid, you know, I was always, I was always at either, in, you know, independent events or training centers and just always around the business in general. So, um, when I was younger and I was, you know, I first started training when I was 14. Um, I was also helping out at WXW as a cameraman uh, at the time and just doing anything I could to help and be a part of it. Um, Pennsylvania laws, I had to be 18, uh, to start working. So, uh, that's exactly what I waited for. Um, I had about four years of training under me before, um, you know, I was up and going. And, uh, like I said, man, WXW is my home and, uh, it's definitely the, the, the ground where I've, I've gained, um, you know, most of my experience. 
Definitely. Now, uh, being a member of the legendary Anawai'i family, and then, like you said, a nephew of uh, Wild Samoan Afa, uh, growing up, was becoming a pro wrestler what you uh, always wanted to do from the beginning? Uh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's always been my one and only dream. Um, you know, I, I think being around it since I was a baby kind of contributed to that. Uh, you know, there was no doubt that that's exactly what I was uh, going for, you know, when I was of age and you know, when I can actually, uh, you know, do it and then take it, you know, I've, I've been in the ring since I was a baby, you know, messing around and sure, yeah. things like that. But, uh, you know, uh, the laws at the time, you had to be certain ages, you know, to, to really, you know, train seriously. So mm-hmm. I, I did a lot, I did a lot of waiting, but, uh, you know, all that training under me, uh, you know, helped out today. Definitely. Uh, now, you know, also growing up one of the greatest wrestling families around, you had to have some kind of uh, fun memories as a kid that no one else ever had to got to experience. Uh, does anything come to mind of a moment maybe you got to meet anyone backstage or a moment maybe that truly inspired you to, to definitely say, I want to be a pro wrestler? Uh, a bunch of them. Um, I can remember uh, early on, it's hard to remember when you're, when you're really young, you know, three, four, five years old, but um, around those years at the time that, uh, my uncle was, was managing, uh, the head shrinkers at the time. So he was, he was still active on the road with the WWE and, uh, whenever they were, you know, close to my home, uh, he was able to take me backstage. Uh, I can remember being at some of the first Raws ever, um, back in 93 and getting there, getting to meet, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys like Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect. Um, just awesome times. And then later on when my uncle got inducted in the hall of fame, um, they pretty much invited him back, uh, every year at WrestleMania, uh, as they do with a lot of hall of famers, you know, mm-hmm. they invite the hall of famers and their families. And, you know, we get to spend, uh, you know, some of the greatest weekends, uh, you know, of our lives. Uh, so I got to experience a lot of WrestleManias, um, you know, 23, 24, uh, 25, you know, a couple more. Um, you know, I got to see a lot of classic stuff. Um, and I also, you know, got to meet everybody that I looked up to when I was a kid. So, you know, I'm very blessed for, to have those opportunities. Definitely. Now, how was it like training, uh, for you, uh, at the Wild Samoan training camp? Because, uh, did you have to step it up a notch, you know, being that your, you know, your family is running this in a way, uh, did you have to do something, did you have to be a lot better than the other guys there training pretty much? Um, in a way you have to, you know, you always have to set the example, but, uh, you know, all the, all the pressure that I have, uh, you know, in the ring, you know, that's all, uh, self-inflicted. That's what I put on myself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I strive for a certain performance and, uh, and a certain work ethic, you know, uh, when I'm in the ring. Um, so, you know, you definitely got to set the example, you know, nowadays, um, I still train at the training center. And I'm actually, uh, I'm actually considered one of the trainers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, because of my experience, uh, I've been sure. able to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, help the younger guys out. Um, it's something pretty cool to do. And, uh, you know, the training centers have been, been very successful. It's, it's world renowned. Um, uh, we have one in Florida and also one in Pennsylvania. Um, it's, it's one of the best in the world, if not the best. And, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's the place where I still go today to, you know, brush up on, on, on anything that I have to. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, now, uh, what has been the biggest piece of advice you have gotten from a family member about wrestling? Anything, uh, early on in your career or even, you know, as, as far as recently, I don't know. Um, uh, over the years, my uncle just, you know, uh, expressed, uh, you know, how tough it is, you know, as, as far as the schedule and, and, and your body and taking care of your body. Um, 
you know, it's just been advice for, you know, here and there. Um, when, when you get that, when you get those opportunities, you know, especially those first opportunities, um, like I'm having now, you know, you, you better, you better take it and run mm. with it. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the platforms that I've been having recently, those are all important matches. You know, those are all, uh, impressions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he, he was, it's just, it's been more of a mental thing to get me ready for that. Uh, you know, uh, pretty much my whole career now, uh, I can always uh, go back to my uncle who's more like a dad to me than anything. Uh, you know, I can always get some, some really good advice about the business from him. Definitely. And now, uh, have you also ever reached out to any other family members uh, currently in the WWE from either the Usos, Roman Reigns, uh, about any advice on your career? Yeah, uh, I, I talked to the Usos um, uh, here and there. I also talked to Alpha, uh, Alpha Jr. I'm pretty close with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, my cousin Lance is, is coming up. Uh, he wrestles all over the Northeast. Um, you know, so it's different, different family members like that. And of course, you know, anytime. Anytime I'm at the WWE, you know, uh, it's nothing but love uh, with the Usos and Roman. Uh, you know, um, I can remember, you know, as a, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, just spending a little bit of time, playing, you know, messing around with the Usos. So, you know, it's all family, it's all love, and those guys always take care of me. Uh, you know, especially when I'm, you know, I get chances on the road with them. Definitely. Um, now, fast forward a little bit. Uh, from what I understand, you were scouted by William Regal to be a part of the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, can you take us back to that day and what uh, what exactly happened with that and how you got into it? Um, I, I've been I've been having a you know various tryouts over the years, uh, whether it be before TVs or um, you know even three day camps and, and things like that. So uh, William Regal has watched me work um, for a few years now. Uh, in that aspect, um, and you know, I, I was booked for uh, for a loop. Um, the, it was the Royal Rumble weekend, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I was approached by him, and you know, I was just mind blown uh, that you know to even be considered um, as one of 32, uh, which they were calling you know the best in the world. Um, you know, it was mm-hmm. I, I knew that was a it was kind of like a life changing thing. Sure. You know, sometimes it doesn't you know, soak in you know until after the fact, but uh, I knew I finally got my chance uh, you know to show what I got. Definitely. And um, you know, William Regal was a was a big um, was a big part of that. Now, uh, what was your reaction when you found out that you would be facing Kota Ibushi in the first round? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> First, first and foremost, I'm a huge fan of Japanese wrestling. Uh, I've always, I've always have been. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm still much of a student of the game than ever. You know, when it comes to, to studying and watching as much matches and as much wrestling in general as I can, um, I just loved everything about Japanese wrestling. And I, I knew Kota Ibushi's uh, reputation. Um, you know, going, you know, b- before the Cruiserweight Classic. I mean. And I think a lot of people did too, as, as he was one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, uh, you know, I was just excited. Uh, you know, it, it could have been anybody that I was in there because, you know, it was, it was my first time in, in the WWE ring. It would have been special, but it was that much more special wrestling a guy like that, uh, without a doubt. You know, I, I loved his style. Um, you know, uh, he, he, obviously with the matches that he's put on the whole tournament, you know, he, he's he's the real deal, and I was just happy to be in the ring with him. 
definitely. Uh, now, uh, you know, Kota Ibushi is a nice legend, a nice name to add to the resume, but was there anybody else in that bracket that uh, maybe you would have loved to have a match with? Oh, man, uh, definitely Brian Kendrick. I uh, grew up watching him. Um, you know, Zach Saber Jr., I was already familiar with him uh, before the tournament. Um, Cedric Alexander, who's, uh, you know, getting his chance now uh, on TV. Uh, Rick Swan. You know, there's a, there's a lot of guys in that tournament I feel like, you know, I could work well with and we can, you know, put out something really good. Um, you know, hopefully I still have that opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, there's definitely guys like that. Uh, you know, Cedric Swan, Saber, you know, Kendrick, anybody, you know. But uh, Abushi, you know, if I had to pick anybody um, beforehand, I probably would have picked Abushi. You know, I, I just sure. just a big, big fan of his work, and I felt like you know we could we can go out and and uh, and, and you know pretty much get it done. Definitely. Uh, now, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on this question. I was thinking about it, and, uh, you know, this goes for you or any pretty much anybody else in the, the cruiserweight division in a way. Uh, now, granted, you've never really presented yourself, uh, like I said, nor have a lot of other guys, as solely a cruiserweight. And I know uh, Triple H recently spoke about how, you know, the, the cruiserweights are definitely that missing piece to the puzzle in the WWE universe in a way. But uh, do you think branding, being branded as a cruiserweight would limit you in a in a say your WWE career, how could one break away from the cruiserweight division? Is would there be a clear plan to say, you know, once you're a cruiserweight, you're always a cruiserweight? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. As, as far as uh, the cruiserweight the name goes, you know, um, I'm I'm not sure if back you know back in the day originally originally when they had it, I'm not sure if the if the weights were were being um were being uh, the word what's the word I'm looking for you know like like for example in this tournament you know the cutoff was 205 mm. and it was it was a legit 205 there was nobody um, in the tournament that was over that so mm. you know um, I, I think I think it would still be possible to break away from the division you know depending on um, you know if they're going to put a, a, a weight limit on you know or, or weight standards on the, on the heavyweight title um, you know, it's, it, it might get a little tricky, but I think the opportunities are still going to be there. Um, I honestly think bringing this cruiserweight title back uh, and and bringing the division back in general uh, just opened up that much more opportunities. Um, you know, for guys my size and guys were, that you know could have had the mentality for years and years that you know it would be harder to make. You know, especially not with not with the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's still very much a big man sport, but at the end of the day, I think wrestling's in a great spot right now. I think a talent is is looked at as number one uh, now more than ever. You know, I think the rosters on, on all the shows have gotten so deep, and um, you know, in, independent wrestling is is hot again, and it's it's played a really big factor. I mean, you know, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these guys that are in in the division now, being seen on Raw every single week, uh, you know, came from some kind of indie. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool watching everything unfold. You know, as far as the weight goes, you know, um, you know, I guess if you are a cruiserweight wrestler, wrestler, the title would be the pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, that that should be the goal. Um, you know, unless uh, there's a way to break out of that, I guess I guess time will tell. 
definitely. And I always go back and think about like how, you know, Rey Mysterio was in the beginning and then how he broke out of the cruiserweight division and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm just always curious about uh, what a wrestler thinks about, you know, uh, about that. But um, you also had the chance to wrestle one of your all-time favorites, Hideo Itami on NXT. Uh, what was that experience like, especially for him coming back after a major surgery? Uh, amazing. Um, you know, I, I talked about my, my love for Japanese wrestling, uh, you know, Hideo Tommy, man, just one of my favorites of all time. One of my favorite guys to watch, uh, just, just an overall big influence on my career. Um, spent a lot of time watching him. So it was just, uh, to be, and, and to have him on my first NXT match, uh, you know, just even more special. I've, had, I've been lucky with a lot of good firsts. Uh, I like to think, um, you know, my first time ever in that ring was with Coda. And then, you know, my first NXT experience, it's against uh, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, uh, it, was just, it was just great, great experience. Um, you know, hopefully, the, hopefully there's many more like that. Uh, nothing but respect for him. Uh, the whole night was fun. Um, it was kind of surreal uh, as it was happening, you know, because, because of how much I look up to, you know, him and guys like that. But, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of excitement and, uh, you know, just honored to do it. Definitely. Now, you know, coming from the indie scene to being put on that national stage uh, with every wrestling fan in the world watching you, uh, does that push you even more to keep working harder than ever? Uh, I, I think so. You know, uh, you know, you, you, I, I pretty much knew the Cruiserweight Classic was going to be a big deal when it, when it was presented, but then as the months, went, you know, went on, it was just started getting more and more hype. Um, but, you know, I never knew how special it would be until, you know, after it was over and, and done with, um, and the amount of media coverage, you know, um, you know, on the tournament and, Everything for WWE Network and, and YouTube—it uh, was just all presented very nice, and it was definitely the largest platform um, I've ever been on. Um, it's just really great stuff. Definitely. Uh, now, what's next for you, Sean? Uh, any shows coming up uh, in the area where fans can see you, or any, anytime soon? Yeah, uh, I'm still a regular at WXW. Uh, WXW is located right outside of Orlando in uh, Mineola, Florida. Um, we have a show on October 15th. Um, you know, you can usually catch us once or twice a month. Um, I'm going to be going to Texas in November and I'm trying to get back up in, uh, in the Northeast area. Um, where I've, I've spent a lot of time, you know, in my career before I made the move to Florida. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to take any opportunity that I get. Uh, it, was, it was a big year for me. Um, it, it was, it was obviously my, my, my best and most successful year ever. And, you know, uh, I just want more. You know, I'm very hungry, and uh, I'm very eager to, you know, display, uh, you know, more of what I got because I think, I, you know, I, I do have a lot more, and I definitely have a lot more to prove. Um, you know, I just, I'm just ready to take every opportunity and, uh, and crush it, and, um, you know, you never know what you're going to see me next. Definitely. Well, Sean, uh, we wish you nothing but the best in your future career. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can fans keep up with you today on social media? Uh, Facebook, Sean Maluda, uh, which is also my real name. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Sabotkick. Great. Well, uh, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time out. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. This is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. 
and you're listening to another wrestling podcast in association with Celeb VM. Order a personal video message from me and many other wrestlers and celebrities now. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. Head on over to celebvm.com slash AWP. Get a personal video message for yourself or as a gift for someone else. For personal connections, shout-outs, birthdays, proposals, weddings, and much more. Enter your details about yourself so the celebrity can record a personal video message, especially for you, including details such as your name, age, birthday, hobbies, or whatever else you include. As soon as the video has been recorded, you'll get an email with your link so you can share it on social media or download and keep it. Celebrities record videos as and when they can, usually within two weeks. But if you want a video for a specific date and it does not look like it will arrive in time, you can cancel it and get an instant refund at the click of a button. There are hundreds of celebrities to choose from and many more joining every day. Search by category or genre. Buy a gift voucher, get updates and offers, and encourage your favorite celebrities to join so they can connect with fans in a fun and unique way. Raise money for their charities and much more. So order your video now for yourself or for someone else. Celebrity Video Messages and Another Wrestling Podcast team up. Be sure to head on over to celebvm.com slash AWP. Oh, man, Credo, that's a great interview. Let's throw a special thank you to Sean Maluda for appearing here on Another Wrestling Podcast. And for all you listeners out there, be sure to go to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. All our links are there. You can follow us. You can tweet at us. You can like us on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're streaming us from. We need our numbers, people. Let's talk about cruiserweights you know on episode 14 on another wrestling podcast we talked about the cruiserweight championship uh back then two years ago in 2014 we talked about it and we mentioned you know hornswoggle was the last cruiserweight champion uh, at that time there was no foreseeable future that this cruiserweight championship would have been resurrected would have been brought back to the forefront i've said it for years i'm a guy that loves championships i want to see a, a cruiserweight championship a hardcore championship tag team championship i just want to see championships i love championships uh so when the Cruiserweight Championship was brought back recently, I was so ecstatic. I was so happy that we're having Cruiserweights now because it just opens the playing field for more wrestlers. But uh, it, it, trying to stop myself from doing that. Here we go. I'm catching my own self. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's hard. We'll get through it. So, But yeah, Cruiserweights, Cooter, what, what's your thought on it? Because last time we talked about it, there was no championship in sight. And now we actually have the championship back into the main world of uh, WWE, not just, you know, throughout the world. I know there's other cruiserweights and lightweights and X division championship, whatever you are, but the cruiserweight championships back in WWE. I, I like that. We have this strictly just because it's a completely different style. Because if I see another guy trying to do the Canadian destroyer, who's over 250 pounds, I'm going to kill myself. If I see John Cena trying to pull some flipping maneuver again, I'm going to put a gun in my own mouth and pull the trigger. <laughs> that's yeah, and that's what's great is that, you know, these, like there's been tons of wrestlers throughout the years. Uh, most recently that, you know, it's like, well, uh, I don't see him being ever, ever being the WWE heavyweight champion. And you can even go back to where I mentioned before, you know, Rey Mysterio won the heavyweight championship to where did Rey Mysterio really need to win the championship? Or, you know, if they had the Cruiserweight Championship, would he have just been head of that division and that's it? So it's like time or place. So if they didn't get rid of the, get rid of the Cruiserweights, 
Uh, even then, and I know probably I'm, I'm I'm not looking at a timeline right now, so I can't think of when Rey Mysterio was in, and then who was in the division, and you know all that stuff. But regardless, uh, my point is how without having that predominant cruiserweight championship uh, in the system a few years ago, that a lot of these cruiserweights made it to the top. Daniel Bryan's, Rey Mysterio's, they actually made it to the World Heavyweight Championship under different circumstances, but, you know, they weren't big guys. I mean, that happened way back during the Attitude Era, too, especially when we had the influx of WCW wrestlers coming over. I mean, look at somebody like uh, a Chris Jericho who started in the Cruiserweight division. You had an Eddie Guerrero who worked his way through the ranks and then became an Intercontinental Champion, I believe, all the way up to the WWE Championship. You also had guys like... Well, Chris Benoit, I don't think, was ever... Yeah, you just gave me the sign there. The the cross, the yeah, <laughs> the, the, the thumb across the neck. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing. I don't ever remember him ever being in the cruiserweight division, but he was definitely a smaller guy and who that, worked his way up to to be. Oh Jesus, you just scared the shit out of me with that 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 Chris Benoit face you just gave me. My God, <laughs> no, that's it. But you think of stuff like that to where if you think about it years ago. And I'm, I don't want to get off track, but you think of like the UFC, to where all their welterweights, lightweights, heavyweights, whatever, you know, they're all the same championship, and, but they all mean that same thing for the champion in a way. Don't get me wrong. So like he's the champion of that division. She's the champion of that division uh, to where, you know, they didn't have that cruiserweight. So even if you were a lighter guy and you had that cruiserweight championship, it, they really didn't have that. I think WWE never really had that defiant brand like WCW did. Like when you watch WCW, you saw the cruiserweights in their own, you know, in their own uh, element. If yeah, you, you got to remember, they started off with a light heavyweight division and they tried to build that around Takamichunoku. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was there like actually. The only guy they had and I'm like, all right, this is a great division. This guy's held this title for how fucking long now? <laughs> he was the only guy. He was the only, he was the division. Taka was the everybody division. was getting signed by ECW or WCW. I mean, look at the matches that we had in ECW between Little Guido uh, Tajiri and what's his yep. face? Oh, there was another one. Super, super crazy. Yeah. I mean, these were smaller guys who were just working together, putting on probably the best matches of the night in ECW outside of that that crazy shit that they would pull off with the weapons and all that stuff. But I mean, they had good wrestling. They had good cruiserweight action. They had a good balance of everything. And when WCW did the exact same thing, I mean, sky was the limit. They had that filler time with great content for Monday Nitro. That's right. Uh, and that's the thing. I always feel like WWE never had... They didn't, I feel like they just never knew what to do with it. I was there for the debut of the, the light heavyweight championship. It happened at Degeneration X in your house pay-per-view. Oh, my condolences. Against, against Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher and uh, Taka were the finals, and Taka won it. And I honestly thought it was going to go to Brian Christopher. Uh, and that's the thing. is like, so when he got it, then yeah, I mean, then you had other people who've held it like uh, Gilberg was a light heavyweight. Oh yeah, so they, they, they just started making it a joke, <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, they had a light heavyweight championship, and then it was just like, uh, we don't really want to do it anymore, and they got rid of it. Uh, and then you know they didn't really. Then they brought it back for a little bit, and it was kind of being used right, but then it almost feel uh, to me it almost turned into like the hardcore championship to where it was like. Why is Hornswoggle getting it? Nobody uh, can just, you know what I mean? Then it was just like, after that moment, I was like, all right, I can't watch it. I can't even watch any light or we cruiserweight champions Because I'm actually curious. I'm pretty sure X-Pac won it at one point, which kind of made it a little more legitimate because he was a, a oh, yeah, top the, guy, top that, performer. Yeah. 
And I think they, they did that, and he had the belt around the time where they were merging all the titles from WCW with WWE titles. All right, so they're going from here, from Takamichi Noko, Christian. Uh, are you kidding me? Are you telling me that Takamichi Noko was the only person to hold the light heavyweight championship in their history? So he won it. He had it for 315 days. Are you kidding me? I do not remember this. Yes. Was it really that long? Yeah, nobody was beating him. That's why I was like, that's what was driving me absolutely crazy. <laughs> just because got... this is the time where, well, this is what, 97? Yeah. Yeah, so this is where we had all these great cruiserweight matches so, on Nitro. And, and Raw was getting blown out of the water. And I'm like... Oh, great. Takamichinoku. Who's he fighting? Nobody's. And who wins the belt? Oddly enough, I'm surprised to see that it's Christian. Yeah, but that's the thing is he didn't beat him. From, or, or at least I don't see him. Let me see. Because it's saying for, uh, he held it for 315 days. Okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, so it was Judgment Day in your house. Christian beat him uh, in 98. So it was like one year later. Yeah, that's about right. That's about 315 days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he held it for 30 days. After that, Gilberg won it, and he held it for 453 days. It's like a year and a half to put a fucking you- belt on a scrub. <laughs> and then after that, it died. So it went from Takamichinoko to Christian to Gilberg, and then they got rid of it and then didn't bring it back till 2000. Uh, they're going from uh, S.A. Oh, Rios. Oh, God, there's a blast from the past. S.A. Rios. On remember? Sunday Night Heat. And who was his manager? Do you remember? Uh, I forget. Lita. Oh, that's how that's we got right. introduced that's to Lita. Right. Yeah. All right, so yeah, so then they kind of brought it back, um, and then I'm not going to go through the whole history on it, but yeah. yeah this you is ha- the heyday of this belt, though. You should go through this. I mean, look at the names of the guys who held it from 2000 all the way to 2001. You got Dean Malenko, Scotty Tuhati, Dean Malenko again. You have a Crash Holly, a Jerry Lynn. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, Jeff Hardy, absolutely. X-Pac, and then Tajiri, one of my all-time favorites. And, and yes, again, like I said, X-Pac was the last one to hold it, and I believe that's when they merged it. Yep, that's what it says here. A title between WCW Cruiserweight Champion Tajiri and WWF Light Heavyweight Champion X-Pac was canceled because X-Pac was injured. Shortly thereafter, the Light Heavyweight Championship became inactive and the WCW Cruiserweight Championship was rebranded as a WWF title. Wow, so that they those actually never got merged. I was actually wrong. That's a first, ladies and gentlemen. I was wrong. I apologize. I did not sleep with that young intern and I did not... Grab her by the pussy. <laughs> he worked it in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, it, it kind of gives you an idea to what they had, uh, what they tried to bring it back as, and then it just disappeared. Now, fast forward. Let's get out of the little history lesson of the day. Right. Fast forward to today's current uh, champion uh, and current running. You know, they have the whole Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, what were your thoughts on this classic? Did you think it would ter- have turned into a division? I think when the, when it was announced, I personally was saying, you know, the winner of this has to win the Cruiserweight Championship. I don't want to see a trophy. I mean, we had the Andre the Giant Memorial, Memorial Battle Royal trophy, and it's like one was broken. The other one they brought out for like one or two shows, and then that was <laughs> it. Like, it, there's no point of trophies anymore. Like, I, I would have been okay with a one and done because it was so special on the network, and I think everybody's fear is starting to come true that – a lot of the matches are going to be watered down when it gets to the main product or as it's been on the main product. So, shit, man. <sighs> I mean, I would have been happy with that one and done. I didn't really need to see a division. I like the idea of just a tournament style. We got to see a bunch of different styles in this tournament. You had your high flyers. You had good strikers. And you had good submission artists. I mean, this is why I like TJ Perkins because he's a very good mix of all three of those that I just mentioned. A striker. He has great submissions. He is a bit of a high flyer. And it seems like he does have a 
somewhat of a background in mixed martial arts. I yeah. mean, I remember the Kota Ibushi match where he was checking kicks, and I was like, oh, all right, that's different. Never seen anybody do that yeah. in, in wrestling anyway. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. No, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just thinking, as you're talking, I'm thinking about all these other ideas, what they could do for the cruiserweights. Uh, it's been featured on Raw. I figured they've been showing at least two matches a night on Raw with the cruiserweights, I think. Yeah, it's about two matches, and we, we've seemed to get a, a bunch of regulars. That one guy we haven't seen yet, though. The one English guy that I really, really like. Yes. Liked. Jack Gallagher. Yes. That guy is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, just the cool submission shit that he was doing was was incredible. And you know who else I liked was that, uh, oh, Gulak was the one who, who, who lost. Drew to, Gulak. Yes. He was really good. He did that dragon sleeper yeah. for the finisher. I absolutely love that. Well, now, here's an idea. Now, I was saying, I was thinking about to where... Okay, yeah, do you really need the Cruiserweights on Raw? Why not just rebrand main event uh, or superstars into just the Cruiserweight show? Could we put it on another one-hour show a week, just Cruiserweights? Yeah, we have that already. It's called NXT. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> and uh, how maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe how the NXT sure doesn't seem like it used to be. But you you actually ever, you have you noticed lately especially... Um, a lot of the guys from the classic are getting a lot of matches as uh, enhancement talent, should we say, on NXT. Yeah, yeah. So oh, maybe it it's just like, it's like, hey, thank you, but here you want to just work a few more dates with us. And I don't know if it's one of those, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's where I think right now. I mean, what's main event and what superstars? There's already three hours for Raw. There's already two hours for SmackDown. Do we need another one hour show of just a match or whatever? Just get rid of them. Make one of them into the Cruiserweight show. Where the show. fuck are we supposed to put Goldust and R-Truth, Credo? Come on now. We need superstars. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Uh, I figured we could save them for the dark match. No <laughs> oh, <laughs> the golden dark match, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. It's a quick save. Oh, but yeah, you know, uh, all the hate mail can go to Angry Cooter. At- oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know. But yeah, I think all in all, I mean, they don't need they they don't need main event. They don't need superstars because uh, I think, and uh, just off the top of my head, it was like main events with Raw or, or superstars with SmackDown. Like it was just their talent for each show. But man, like nobody cares. I don't watch them. I don't tape them. I could care. I don't think anybody does. I would venture to guess that this podcast gets more downloads than fucking superstars and main <laughs> events. So That's it. You know what? If 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 I'm wrong. That'll be twice in one episode, and I'll quit. <laughs> well, there you go. So, I mean, there's a lot going on with the Cruiserweight. The championship's back. Uh, how about the, the color? No one's really talked about it. I think a lot of people are getting weirded out that, uh, you know, the the Universal Championship's red. Uh, right now, the WWE Championship is uh, black still. I'm sure they might change it blue. Uh, but now we have the, the, the SmackDown Tag Championships, which are blue. The SmackDown Women's Championship is blue. Now we got the Cruiserweight Championship, which is purple. Uh, we're turning into a whole full spectrum rainbow in a way, uh, a little bit towards the blue it's side. 2016. You got to respect people's choices, Credo. <laughs> I'm just saying it's okay. And you know, I actually I love the design. I was kind of thinking they were going to do the the main WWE Championship, uh, like they did the Women's Championship, and make the Cruiserweight Championship. You know, like UFC does. They have all the same belts except for a different, you know, size of them. So. Listen, we need a weird-looking belt in WWE since we got rid of the Divas title with that stupid fucking butterfly. I would have taken this uh, Cruiserweight Championship over that Divas cha- I actually like it. Yeah. I do. I like it. It's just uh, a little bit bright. Maybe if it was a dark purple like a, or like like a black yeah, purple with a purple tint to it. Yeah, but the design was cool. It. I mean, just... No, yeah, it's definitely different. I, that's what I was, I was saying. You know, I, I was almost... 
100% thinking they would have just done the, the, the main championship just smaller and to where that's the head of the, the light, the cruiserweight division. That's the head of the women's division. That's the head of the, you know, so, but then it's just all the same. I kind of like the fact that all the titles sort of look different. Yeah. That, that works for me. I don't know. It's equal rights. I guess the, the women and the men have to have the same championship. Well, of but. course, you know, but you know, there's always got to be those marks out there who are going to be, Oh, that belt is so ugly. Yeah, it doesn't it represent looks like the shit. history of. Uh, yeah, uh, I, you know what? Shut up and uh, just like enjoy it. I know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's let's just say and worry about what it represents and not how it fucking looks at this point. There you go, man. Uh, That's right. So uh, yeah, the cruiserweight division is definitely changing now. Uh, you know, I talked to Sean about this a little bit, and uh, one of my questions for you, Cooter, you know, the same question I asked him okay. is that: Do you feel there would be a way out for these cruiserweights? For example, a way out from the cruiserweight division, almost like a Rey Mysterio, to where you look at young Rey Mysterio, he's total cruiserweight, but then he transitioned into the main event. How do they do it? Uh, or are they forever in you know ingrained as a cruiserweight in their in their in their run? Because you know in, in the WWE at least think oh that, that's very easy. I mean it all depends on how these guys stand out while they're performing. A guy like Cedric Alexander cut a lot of weight just to make the cruiserweight limit. So uh-huh. I mean let's just see what the cream of the crop is. Can he put on the kind of weight where it would be a little more believable for them to make the main roster and go for a higher title like? You know, an IC title, or dare I say, the Universal Championship. By the way, that belt looks like shit. Yeah. Doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, that's the thing is like, what? Okay, so for example, TJ Perkins, he's the champion right now. Uh, let's say two years from now, you know, he's still in the cruiserweight division, but they kind of maybe want to use him for something else in the WWE. Uh, does it come to a point to where it's almost like the X Division Championship in TNA to where, okay, you won the X Division, and that's kind of like, I like to say, their light division, even though it was more about the crazy... And that's what's crazy. Somebody like Samoa Joe won was the it? X yeah, Division title. <laughs> and, that, like, and, and when they would do those, uh, that's those Ultimate was... X matches, he couldn't you know, do the cable cross, you know, because he was just too big. He's, like, he's, he's over, he's close to 300 even at that time, I believe. So uh, the other question is, can these guys look good at a bigger weight? Can they have that yeah. uh, that ripped look? Because, I mean, I know what I look good in at what weight. And when I try to put on some and put on a little bit of size, I just look like shit. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys who just look good at certain weights. And you in this day and age, you have to look good on TV. That's you it, do. Man, especially that high-def uh, cameras on you. It's a whole different world of looking good out there. So I mean, Ric Flair looks like a corpse in 4K. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's just a skull with blonde hair waving and, 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 and a lot of gig marks, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so dude, I can see his gig mark from fucking 1986. <laughs> it's 4K for you. Uh, so yeah, man, it's it's definitely a different world of cruiserweights, and I think we're far from it ever going away. I think they definitely branded it good. And regardless, at the end of the day, if you're listening, please let us know what you think about the cruiserweights. You know, head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com, tweet us at a wrestling pod, Facebook us. Uh, comment on the show. Let us know your thoughts, where you want to see the new and improved Cruiserweight uh, era going, and uh, how long do you think it's going to last, uh, if it will finally outshine uh, some of the tragedies of the past. Mm-hmm.